your way. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Well, I want to ask you, if you would, to take your Bibles tonight and turn to John, the first chapter. Um, I'm going to be looking at, 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 at one of my favorite verses tonight, and I'll explain to you. I, Eddie had come to me, he said he's going to be up in um, um, Pennsylvania. It really didn't even register in me this morning that, uh, that he'd already mentioned that. And, but um, I'll, be, I'll be frank with you, I've had a tremendous struggle with my, with my eyes today and have not been able to read and, and, and study and, and even concentrate. And there's another verse that I was looking at, but, but being that, you always you kind of go back to the basis. You go back to the verses that, where God's touched you, and that's what I want to share with you tonight. And, um, and um, something that has meant so much to me over the years. And, and keep your Bibles, because we're going to be looking at a, a lot of verses tonight, and we're going to look at it because the subject matter over and over. But, but tonight we're going to be looking at um, this idea of grace upon grace. And, um, and, and what it means as a believer of, of what, what, what God has done for us in this, in this whole matter of grace. And if you found your Bibles, if you turn to John, the, the first chapter, and, and let's all stand as, as we read verses 16. And I, and, I, and I want to read on down from um, John, the first chapter, verse 16, and, and read on down to verse 17. Verse 16 is a verse that, that really God has used in my life over and over and over again. And I first of all want you to look at that very first clause, of his fullness we've all received. You know what that's saying to us? That whatever God has, he's already given it to us. Of his fullness, of his fullness we have all received. And then he says, in grace for grace. And then he says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Listen to that again. For the law was given through Moses, but, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Let's chew on that tonight as, as we go to our Lord in, in prayer. Father God, we love you, Lord, and God, we just, we just praise you again. And God, you just bless the, the reading of this word, and, and God, that you would open our, our minds and our hearts that we might see and that we might hear you tonight, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. Probably one of the, the most precious teachings and, and, and truths in all of Scripture is the doctrine of grace. And, and when we begin to really understand it, Wow, what a just, a, just a cool, fresh blessing God brings in our life. I'll tell you a story, and I've shared this with you before, but years and years ago that um, having a really difficult time in my life and a relationship with, with someone else, as a matter of fact, it was a Christian. But um, folks, when you get hurt, you get hurt. And... Um, I kind of always thought of myself as it's easy for me to forgive, and boy, I can always just things roll down my back. But, but something happened to me one time. It didn't roll down my back. As a matter of fact, every time I thought about it, it would just dig a little bit harder. I don't know if you've had that situation, but I have. And, you know, and I, I would think I would forgive that person. Well, I, you know, I'd speak those words that I've forgiven them, but, but every time it came to my mind, it just dug a little bit deeper. 
And I'm telling you, it was destroying my life. To have something that, 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 that controlled me so much is that, that anger, that unforgiveness that, that I had. And, and, um, and it was just affecting everything about me. And folks, I was a pastor. But pastors hurt too. Pastors fight battles too. And I remember one day in just my Bible study, as I was reading through the Bible, as I normally try to do as part of my devotion, I was reading over in Matthew, and, and Jesus Christ had the audacity to say these words. He says, you know, you, you, you've heard it been said to love your neighbors and hate your enemies. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and praise for those who spitefully use you. I just pushed myself away from my study, from my desk, and said, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. But then I, I remember saying to myself, I said, or, or saying to the Lord, and because I was talking kind of out loud to the Lord, I was speaking, I said, but God, if you told me to, I'm going to do it. And so I began to pray for this person. And I don't know how genuine that prayer was, but God told me to do it, and I began to pray for that person. And, and, um, but it did begin to do a work in my life because I began to realize that, that, that probably I was not the only one always hurt for this person. And, all, and, 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 and really, I, I needed to, instead of feel anger to this person, I probably need to feel mercy for this person because, because it hurt a lot of other people. But still, it, it resided. I mean, it was just one of those things. And about a day later, I was riding down the road. I was listening to a, a Christian song. And just a wave of forgiveness came over my soul. And I understood right then that that was God's grace. Because Johnny couldn't forgive by himself. That God had to intervene. And folks, when, you, when, you, when we start looking at this subject matter of grace, we, we've always heard the, the ideas, well, you know, I've, I've heard the acronym, well, it's, it's God's riches, it's Christ's expense, which is true. It's um, unmerited favor, which is true because it's where God shows us favor, even though we don't merit it. But still, what does it mean? Because actually in, in the Scripture, grace is the very, very same word as gift. It's the very same word, charis, in the Greek. It's just according to the, the placement, it's, it's the context of, of whether they, they, they will be used as, as grace or gift. But, but what type of gift is? What, what, what has God given us that, that, that displays itself as grace? And, and that's what I want us to look at tonight. <laughs> I had one teacher years ago that, that said this, and it just exploded on my mind because it's exactly what happened to me, that, that really God's grace, the gift that God gives us, that unmerited favor that God gives us, is, is God doing something for us that we can't do for ourselves. Is that God, when God moves in our lives, He does something for us 
that we couldn't do upon our own selves. And so, folks, we see that played out. And if you begin to take that idea of grace and begin to apply that in the New Testament, it reveals itself time and time again. And that's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to look at this amazing grace that, that God has, 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 has placed upon us in, in, in our entire lives and, and see that, that God is constantly working our lives, helping us do things that we couldn't do apart from Him. As a matter of fact, the Apostle John wrote these words. He says, of His fullness that we've all received, that God has given us completely all of Himself. The folks, we don't have to wait on something in the future that when, when God gives himself to us, he does not give us himself partially to us. He gives, us. he gives himself fully to us. But he didn't stop there. He says, and grace to grace. Grace to grace. What does he mean there? I think it's really interesting that when you begin to break that down in the original text, that, that the preposition that, that our modern translation says is, 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 is the preposition to, grace to grace. But the preposition that is in the original text is a preposition that, that's anti, just like the idea of antichrist. It means it's against. And so that's why we do not see it within our our. English text, because it doesn't really make that much sense. What does it mean, grace against grace? Charis against charis. God's unmerited favor against his unmerited favor. It almost seems like it's working against it, but, but, but a beautiful picture that, that, that may, very well that John may be speaking of, and John was so beautiful in his words. If you remember Israel was bordered on one side by the Mediterranean Sea and, and then the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. And one thing that they were familiar with, because many of them were fishermen, John was a fisherman himself, if you remember. And they were familiar with waves on the seashore. And if, you, if you've ever stopped and, and, and just watched the waves, what's so interesting about the waves as one wave comes in, it's always crashing against the wave that's going out. And it's almost pictures that John is saying here that God's grace is so abundant, just like the waves on the seashore, as, as one's coming out, another one's coming in. Grace against grace against grace against grace. And just like the waves of the seashore, God's grace never runs out. Of His fullness we've all received in grace for grace. But now let's just take that word, that idea, and that, that, that thought of God's abundant grace against grace, but, but how it works throughout our lives and every part of our lives. Because the Bible, it, it, it just pops out time and time again within the Scripture. And we've, you've heard it preached so many times even right here that, that our very salvation is by God's grace. This is our salvation. I think every one of us would agree upon. 
We can't earn that ourselves. We can't, we can't manufacture salvation by ourselves. That, that God's doing something for us that we can't do for ourselves, and it's by His grace. Let me just, let's just look at some verses. If you, have, if, you, if you look at Romans, the third chapter, Romans, the third chapter, where, where Paul speaks this great, it's a great treatise upon salvation, but Romans, the third chapter, verse 24, says these words. Being justified freely. And how are we justified freely? By His grace. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Our very justification, our very standing before God that that our slate has been made clean is by His grace. Romans, the fourth chapter, verses 3 and 4. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed in God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Because if you can work for your salvation, that's not grace. But we are are justified freely by his grace. And he says, now to him who works... The wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. And then those great verses we hear over and over and over again in Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, folks, it's not by works. The Bible says that Abraham believed God. It's, it's, it's just believing in Him. But, but the very fact that we can believe in Him is because of God's grace. God has, he has done something that, 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 that we could not do. That, that God says, if you just look into me, if you would just place your, your, your faith in me, it's for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. And so our very salvation, our our very conversion, our very opportunity of being born again is because of His grace. But it's not only stops there. It says, for by grace are we saved or we freed from the very guilt of sin. Romans, the fifth chapter, again, Paul is, 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 is known as the apostle of grace. Romans, the fifth chapter. Let me read to you verses 17, 15 through 17. Romans, the fifth chapter. And listen to these words. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through one who sinned. For the judgment which comes from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of what? Of grace. And of the gift of righteousness will reign life through the one Jesus Christ. And wow, look at verse 20. 520. 
Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, much more than abound. Aren't you glad that that even though your sin was much, His grace was much, much more? Because where sin abounded, His grace much more did abound. Man, that's good stuff. That no matter, no matter what our offenses were, no matter what we have done in the past, that through His grace, our sins have been forgiven. So not only is our salvation, but, but even that... Let's talk about this. I'm sure there's not a person in here, and or maybe if some of you has done much better than me. But there's some things or some sin that you've committed in your life that's hard for you to forget. That sometimes it just creeps back in, and you think about that. Because the Bible says that the old devil, one of his names is the accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. And although he might not can rob us of our salvation, what he can do is he can hinder our effect of our salvation. And just when we think that, that we're living for Christ, he'll bring that memory back. And he says, you remember way back when you did that. But folks... Where my sin abounded, his grace much more abounded. I don't have to live under the guilt of that sin or any other sin anymore. Isn't that good? That the accuser cannot come and bring that up against us because, again, no matter what that sin was, God's grace was greater than that sin. And so we can use and, and, and understand God's grace is even working in our lives right now to, to help us to deal with those situations. But also, it's by grace that we are freed from the dominion of sin. And, and look what he says. If you just turn one more um, chapter over in, in Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but what? Of grace. There's not a sin that should ever have dominion over a believer anymore. Because folks, we're under grace. And what if we trip and fall? There's an old, old song that was a my group called DC Talk, and I guess I enjoy it because it, it's, the song starts out like this. What if I stumble? What if I fall? And folks, we've all been there. We've all stumbled. We've all fallen. But thank God His grace abounds. Because God is not going to judge me by His law, but by His grace. That's so good. That's what the cross is all about. You see, any of these things, God's doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. I can't save myself. 
I can't free myself from the guilt of sin. I can't free myself from the dominion of sin, but God can do that for me. It's also by grace we're saved unto Christ-likeness. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verse 1. says these words, he says, Thou therefore, my son, as Paul was writing to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace. Recognizing that, that God, I can't be the man that you would have me to be. I, I was, Nathaniel had, had posted something on Facebook last night that was incredible. That he, He's got a... He's got a an older cousin that, that lives in Jacksonville now, and, and Nathaniel and Cannon went over to see them a few weeks ago, and I think the first time he'd ever sat down with them. But, but I think over the years, they have, they have three children themselves, and I think they've had 17 foster children. And they had them speaking about it, and there's this strong man and, and woman of God, and And I remember him saying right at the end of it, it was about a six-minute interview, he says, you know, you probably think to yourself that you can't do that. You can't, you can't raise these children like they need to be raised. And he says, and let me tell you, you can't. But through God, you can And if you're a parent here, that you know, and, and most of us are, but if, if you have younger children today and you're fretting, guess what? You can't do that by yourself. But through God's grace, you can. When, our, when we're our, our children are adults and they're moving out, that, that folks, we can't, we can't hold on to them, but it's through God's grace. He can. And he's telling Timothy, Timothy, don't live, don't try to do Christ-likeness by yourself, but in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Saying, Lord Jesus, every day, I need you. I need your grace. Listen to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 16. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Hmm. Isn't it so good that we don't have to go to another person, we can go straight to the throne? Have you ever been nervous about having to go see somebody that you had to confess up to, or it's just tough. But he says, you know, when you go to the throne, that's the throne of grace. It's not the throne of condemnation. It's not the throne of judgment. It's the throne of grace. That when we go to our Lord, regardless where we've been, no matter what we've been through, we, we go to a, a throne where the arms are opened up and he's saying, come into my grace. You remember the prodigal son? 
Can you imagine how hard it was for the prodigal son after he had already told his dad that, you know, Dad, you're, you're, you're pretty well already dead to me. Just give me my inheritance and let me go blow it. And, and he walked away from his dad, just completely shunning his family. But then when he finally woke up and came to himself, I need to go back to my dad. And, and you know what? I'll just, if he'll just take me back as a servant. And I'm sure walking back to his dad in the back of his mind, he thinks, I'm going to get it when I get back there. He is going to give me a talking to, and he's going to... But what did the dad do? He, he didn't come back to a throne of judgment. He came back to a throne of grace. Kill the fatted calf. Put a ring on his finger and a robe on the back. My son is home. Folks, how good is that? That we can come to the throne of grace boldly and find grace in our time of need. And then by grace are we strengthened through life's daily struggles. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 9. Paul had was struggling, thorn in the flesh. He prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God to, to remove that burden from him. But instead of removing that burden from him, God told him this, or Christ said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul said these words, most gladly, I'd rather boast, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul says, if it means me going through this, that I might understand the power of the grace of God, I'll do it every time. Because, folks, it's not until sometimes we get into those struggles we never see God's, we never feel God's arms underneath of us. My grace is sufficient for you. Don't know what you're going through. But God has promised you that my grace is sufficient for you. Had an opportunity, and I thank God that it worked it out that to go and be a part of my aunt's funeral up in Indiana. Loved Aunt Allen. If you ever if you got to know her while she was young, she was always happy. She was always just full of smiles. She was, you know, one of those people that just made you feel good when you were around. Always upbeat. We see when my Aunt Ellen was just eight years old and my mom was 15, their daddy died. And out of the, and, um, out of the 11 surviving children, only two of them were away. So my grandma had to raise eight children by herself. And um, Aunt Ellen was one a part of that and saw that. And, and, and they knew the hard times. Not knowing that my Aunt Ellen, when she had six children, her husband got killed in a farming accident. Three of them had just left the house. Three of them were still at home. and She had to raise those children all by herself. 
She knew hard times. But folks, she never saw that in her face. Happy, joyful, always serving others because God's grace walked with her. And um, what a blessing. What a blessing. And tonight as we, we, we close out, I just want you to again grab hold of that idea that the Bible see, teach, teaches us this, of His fullness we've all received, that God has given us totally of Himself. He's given us everything He has. But He didn't stop there and He says, but then grace against grace. That God's grace is so unending that one grace begins to pour out of your life, another grace begins to come into your life. Whether it be for salvation, whether it be you're still dealing with some things of your past as grace pours in and frees you from that, that guilt, or, or if you're struggling out there with, with sin, that, that, that where your sin abounded, His grace much more abounds, or, or if, if you, you are, are, are struggling in a real time of need, that you can go boldly to His throne. Seeking for His grace in that time of need, or or or, or you're you're just going through some tough times, and you just cry out to God, God, I need you. I can't do this, God. God, I can't I can't forgive this person, or God, I I can't I can't overcome this addiction, or God, that I can't I can't raise these children by myself. And God says, Guess what? You can't, but I can. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's in, my, it's in your weaknesses when I can show myself the greatest. Because my grace is sufficient. And I just, I, just, I just encourage each of you tonight to grab hold of that. Just grab hold and live in the abundance of God's grace that just never, ever ends. What a gift to knowing that we have one that will do things for us that we can't do for ourselves. And you may be struggling tonight, and you may need to just come cast yourself on the honor and say, God, I need you. And God will tell you, that's when I can show myself. That's when I can show yourself. Just give it to me. You may be here tonight, and, and, and boy, you're struggling in your area of salvation. And you just come struggling. You say, God, I don't know how you can save a person like me. God says, that's when I can show myself. You may be struggling with some old issue in your life, and it just keeps wanting to come up and dog you. and say, God, I, I just can't get over this issue. And God says, well, hey, just, just cast yourself, because in your weakness, that's when I want to show myself the greatest. Folks, that's the type of God that we serve. Of His fullness, we've all received in grace for grace. I'm going to pray, and, and then I want to ask you to stand up. And we're just going to have a time. If, if you just want to come, you may just want to come and kneel and say, God, thank you for your grace.